welcome to the Live Life Extraordinary podcast. My name is Bianca Johnson, and I'm a spiritual life coach, mindset master, and manifestation teacher. My mission is to guide you in creating a life of true fulfillment and lasting happiness. I teach practical tools that help you live with purpose, manifest your dreams, and be blissful. If you're looking to uplevel your mindset, your confidence, your relationships, your abundance, your spirituality, and so much more, then you've come to the right place. Think of this podcast as your personal roadmap to transforming your life from ordinary to extraordinary. I know that in such a short time, you will experience transformation beyond your wildest dreams. Thank you so much for pressing play today. Now let's dive in. Hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Live Life Extraordinary podcast. I'm your host, Bianca, and today we have a super special guest, my friend, Danny, who is coming on to talk to us about faith and manifestation and living authentically and having a positive mindset and all sorts of other great things. So Danny, why don't you say hi and introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I really look, um, I look up to you. I look forward to whenever you post in your content. So to be able to be, uh, have this collaboration with you means so much. Um, So my name is Danny. I am a life and success coach. Um, I'm also board certified in hypnosis, emotional freedom techniques, um, time techniques, and NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. Um, And I am also a teacher. So I teach early childhood elementary, um, all the little ones uh, during my my nine to five. So that is what I do. What Danny's saying is that she's basically a magician and can do everything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you said it, but it sounds good. So we'll go with that for now. (laughs) Um, So Danny, for anyone that isn't familiar with hypnosis or time techniques or anything like that, do you want to just share a little bit about what that looks like, what that is, how that's helpful? Yeah, absolutely. So both are super, have you experienced either one? Yes. Yep. I have experience with everything that you've mentioned. Oh, awesome. Okay. So both are super, super powerful tools that, I mean, there's so much power in our minds and, and in our subconscious, a subconscious mind. Um, there's so many things that we don't even realize have, have been programmed. And so through hypnosis, we're able to speak to the subconscious mind. It's not mind control. It's not scary. It actually feels just like super, super relaxing. And when you're in this relaxed state, you're able to receive suggestions that you might not receive while you're fully conscious, um, but you're not asleep. So that is hypnosis. Like I said, you just feel super relaxed. Sometimes you remember every single thing. Sometimes you might go in and out a little bit and you might feel like you were asleep. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a fun journey. I love to take my clients on a journey while we go through hypnosis. And while I'm facilitating it, I'm also kind of there as well. So it's just, it's a super cool tool. And then time techniques, you have the ability to change your present by changing the past. And we don't realize that we have so much, uh, I don't want to say power or control, but we have the ability to look at things differently and integrate different learnings into our experiences that help us change how we feel present day. So through time techniques, you're able to travel on your life timeline and you're able to go to specific points in your life. It could be when you were a child, it could be in a past generation, it could be in a past life, you're able to go back into time and you're able to 
see things in a different way so that they manifest differently in the present day. So for example, if you have a parent that is always working and so you grow up feeling like no one ever has time for me, if you can make that shift and say, oh my gosh, my parent loved me so much that they were always working to make sure that I had a good life, that shift in thinking will change how you see life moving forward. So through time techniques, we're able to make that like shift happen. Very cool. Yeah. So um, I think some of, one of the things that I find interesting about hypnosis is that we're constantly being hypnotized, right? All the time. Right. By the social media, by what we're watching on TV. And so there's kind of almost this fear and stigma around it as like, uh, like a self-development practice of like, you know, someone swinging a watch in front of your face and they're going to make you do all sorts of crazy things. But um, for anyone that hasn't experienced hypnosis, for what I would most compare it to is like a guided meditation, essentially. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's, it's it's no different than that. People have probably even done, if you've done guided meditations that have affirmations in them, it's probably very, very similar to hypnosis. So yeah, I that's a good point. Yeah, I use hypnosis every night before bed because it's one of the times where our brain is most relaxed and most suggestible. So yeah, I yeah. used hypnosis right before I had a surgery. Um, in October and I use this like healing hypnosis and it just allows your brain to just like you said like just relax just relax and there's just so much power in our minds so being able to tap into that is really incredible for sure I think that the mind creates you know all of the action that we take in our lives and the action that we take in our lives creates our physical reality right so if Yep. The mind is always telling you that you're not good enough or it's not possible or money's hard to get or whatever those stories are that your mind's telling you, your physical action mirrors that and then your reality mirrors that as well. So I think a lot of power is held within our minds as you were sharing. And those are both wonderful, wonderful techniques. So, so Danny, that's what you do um, as you're coaching. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're in and your personal journey right now and what's happened so far in your life to get you to this space? Whew. Okay. So I grew, I'll tell you just a little bit about like my life. Um, I, I didn't have an easy life. I don't think anyone had, well, some people have had easy lives. That's not true. But, um, I lived with my mom. My dad was always present my whole life. Um, but they just weren't together. I lived with my mom and she passed away when I was 13. And for me, it was, pretty sudden um, because I only knew that she was sick from uh, August and she passed away in October. Um, she had been sick a lot longer, but you know, I was like away for the summer while she was getting treatment. So um, that turned into me moving in with my dad and my dad and I lived together for two years and then he got married to a wonderful woman. And by wonderful, I mean, absolutely um, not <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, it was a very difficult transition, you know, and she had a daughter and the daughter was fine, but it was just a really difficult transition. And so I spent so much of my life just trying to make things right and feeling like it was my responsibility. Like, okay, dad, like we should have family meetings. Okay. Um, well she's upset. She would give me like the silent treatment. I didn't know what that was. I genuinely had never experienced the silent treatment in my life until her. I'm like, oh, well, dad, like, is she okay? Like, I think, I think she's, a, did I offend her? Like I was doing all these things to try to make things right. Um, and that spilled over into my life, you know, um, a lot of the times we pick partners <laughs> that 
we um, are trying to fix something in our childhood. And so I love my husband very dearly, but a lot of the things that were challenging as a child, like like my when I'm upset, like I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. What's going on? And when my husband's upset, he like withdraws. So that withdrawal is just, it, it mirrors what happens to me as a child right? It mirrors like my mom is not there. My dad is not there. I didn't even tell you my aunts, like they just kind of like just abandoned me. Why? I don't know. But so when he would do that, it would just trigger this thing in me. And so I, I was constantly trying to see how I could fix life, how I could make things right, how I can like make him not withdraw and make me not this. And, and it was just so much. And I got to a point where I was just like, I can't do this. Like, I can't keep trying to make sure everything is okay because at the end of the day, like I'm not okay. I'm not okay because I don't feel like I'm enough. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm too much because he's withdrawing. And, and my dad and I towards like maybe the, I want to say the end of our tumultuous relationship, he suggested counseling, but it was like all on his terms. And that was the first time I was like, no. Mm -mm. And I put my foot down and I was like, I'm willing to go to counseling, but we have to do it. We have to meet in the middle. And he'd never seen that side of me. And so just having the courage to be like, I'm not okay with this. And I'm not going to just do this to fix it because I was like in a frantic to fix everything. And I was like, it could be shitty. Oh, can we curse? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it, can be, it can be terrible and that's okay. And I can stand in this shitty situation and it'll be okay instead of feeling like I have to fix it. So I think that was the beginning of, I don't think that was absolutely the beginning of it's okay if things are not okay. And it's not your job to fix everything around you. And the more I was comfortable with, it's okay if it's not okay right now, the more I allowed myself to step into a space of ease, a space of flow, um, and just let God do his thing and let me be a co-creator, uh, you know, me like kind of watching in and working with God instead of trying to be God, because I don't think I consciously was like, I am God, but I felt like I had the power to change things if I just tried hard enough. And yeah, so that was the beginnings of a very interesting journey. <laughs> it's funny. So my mom used to call, um, used to tell me I had wounded puppy syndrome, which is basically you looked around finding wounded puppies just to fix them, right? So it's um, always finding people to fix. So very similar um, kind of backstory there. But yeah, and then it leads to all the people pleasing and the perfectionism and all of these unrealistic ideals for ourselves, trying to be who we think the world needs us to be versus who we truly are as our core, which mm -hmm. was 100% my journey. And then from there led to like years of depression, I couldn't figure out why it's like, well, you're not living as yourself, you're not doing what you want to do. Like, what's the point of any of this at this point? So yeah, I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that. So one of the questions I always like to ask in the Live Life Extraordinary podcast is what it means for people to be authentic and to live with authenticity. So it sounds like that was a huge part of your journey is learning to honor your sacred yes and your sacred no and all of that. So why don't you share a little bit with us about like what authenticity means to you and, and what it means to live an authentic life? I think everything in life is a practice you know, and so living an authentic life is a practice. The more we do it, the more we're like, oh, that feels good. That's safe. That's okay. And so for me, living 
an authentic life living in my sacred yes, right, is something that I have to remind myself to do all the time. You know, that first experience with my dad, it showed me that it's okay. And oh, I didn't finish the story. Things between my dad and I are really, really good. Um, I speak to him every morning at 645. He calls me while he's going on his little walks. He moved and retired, you know, in Virginia. And he's like back and forth between New York. And like, I told him, I'm like, this is the relationship we always had. There was just so much stuff that like clouded that. Um, and so taking that stuff with my dad was the first step. And it's like, if you can do this once, you can do it again. And so I've just been, I don't want to say unafraid because that's not true. I'm, I'm very nervous or apprehensive to be my authentic self when the stakes are really high. When the stakes are low, whatever. I show up on Instagram stories. I don't care, I'll be myself. But when it's like, I could hurt someone's feelings that I really love, that's scary. That's really scary to me because I don't want to hurt anyone I love and I don't want them... I don't know that I have the same fear of abandonment, but like, I don't want people that I love to go away from me because I hurt them. Um, but the practice is do it anyway, do it with love. And you'll see that it's actually not so scary as long as love is rooted in it to be your authentic self. Um, and people will receive you so much better. And if they don't, then at least you know that you don't have to keep up this facade being something that somebody wants you to be that will never be enough for them. And you can just lean back into who you really are because that will attract more people like you. Danny, that was like the greatest thing I've ever heard. That just summarized so many things <laughs> that I think and feel on this journey. It's like, you know, we talk a lot in like the spiritual community or the self-development community about boundaries, right? And there's always like this really like aggressive energy around pe when people are talking about it, right? Like own your power, set your boundaries. Like it's a very like aggressive space. Um, I actually did a whole podcast episode on boundaries and how the energy behind it is, is so important, right? You're saying like, if you show up from a place where like you're forcing your authenticity versus flowing with it in a loving space, like it's a totally different situation. And again, that whole thing of like, I'm responsible for how I present, present it, but I'm not responsible for how other people perceive and receive it. And so I think those are super important things that aren't talked about enough in this journey of becoming your authentic self and in setting your boundaries and in owning your no and your yes and all of that. So that was really I love that. said. I love that what you said. So true. There is this like aggressive force, like you better own your boundaries. And there's a space for that. Like there's nothing wrong with it inherently, but there, there is, like you said, such an ease and a flow and a love behind owning your boundaries that I don't see as much. And it's really important to, to highlight that more. Yeah, that's a good point. I, and I feel like there's like a different energy, right? Like when you're setting a place from like not feeling good enough and you're trying to find your worth and you're setting your boundaries, like that's where we do it from aggressive place versus when you come from a place where you really deeply love and honor and respect yourself, you can set those boundaries from a more whole space with less resistance right and so I think and I think a lot of things change like so actually Danny and I got the idea to do this podcast because we were having conversations on faith and manifestation and I think there's even this same energy that goes into your manifestation right so it's like if you're manifesting from a place of love and respect and joy and peace within yourself the energy around your your manifestation is much different than if you're manifesting from a place of like I need to have this in order to be whole I need to have this in order to be you know, happy. 
there's like a totally different energy. And I think that like, it all comes down to feeling whole within yourself and like deeply loving yourself and feeling like you are enough, not just intellectually knowing that we all are enough, but to actually feel and believe that you are worthy and are good enough. So true. So very true. Wonderful. So on the topic of manifestation and faith, Danny, why don't you start us off sharing a little bit about your idea of what faith is and how faith can play into manifestation? Um, so faith, I was taught faith a few different ways. Um, and some ways I don't <laughs> subscribe too much anymore. Um, I think it's like you said, that energy behind it. Um, so I, went to a faith-based church and I'm, I'm doing air quotes, um, but that is kind of the genre of this type of church. And it's like the prosperity church. Um, I don't know if it's, if faith-based means prosperity, but that's what it was called. It was called like a faith-based church, um, but it was a prosperity church and everything revolved around prosperity. And that might sound like cool. That might sound good, but like, it really, it really wasn't, it really wasn't. Um, everything revolved around prosperity and so you know like they would say like you know if it's your first time like you should give you like you don't ever let that offering basket pass you or like you have to bless the man of God like and like when you bless the man of God then God blesses you as if God is like like this ATM machine or like this transactional being that like you do this and God does that and like it's this like robot and I just couldn't I couldn't get jiggy with it I'm like no and I remember um, this one guy, he was saying like, if you are praying for a, a red car and like you pray on that thing and like, and if God, if you see a blue car, like that's not of God. And I was just like, maybe God knows that red cars get like stolen at a higher rate than blue cars. You know, maybe God knows that you don't need that little red car. Maybe you need that blue car first, you know? And so when he made this faith Thing so rigid that it has to be this because you prayed for that and anything else is not of God. I was like, that's not, that's not the relationship I have with God. My relationship with God is I want this red car so bad. And then the blue car comes and God is like, that's actually your car right now. And I'm like, okay, I'll trust you. Right. And so that's how I started with faith um, and just thinking for myself. And so I think that the relationship between yourself and your higher being with faith is just like, again, like even with my dad and, and the situations that I told you about, like knowing that everything is going to be okay, even if it's not exactly what you thought it was going to be, even if it's not exactly what you prayed for, even if it's not exactly what you hoped for in the moment, like that 13 year old girl that lost her mother, she never thought that she would be here today. Right. But like faith got me here. Like you will be okay. And I see it as there's no other option, but it will be okay. So I think that that's where, you know, my relationship with faith, thinking about it on my own developed. And now, even now, it's just like, remember when you're having those difficult conversations or when you're not feeling your best, like it's, it is still okay. Yeah. I love that. So it sparked some things in me that um, that have been vital parts of my journey. And one of them is that, you know, there was this quote that was like, our plans get in the way of God's plans, right? And so it's like, if we're always trying to like, you know, and, and it's interesting because, you know, for, for anyone that's not aware, we have like the ego mind, right? That's like obsessed with proving how worthy and enough we are and proving that we're flawless and 
um, achieving all these external things just to validate ourselves, right? And egos, you know, there's a lot of talk in the self-development world about like death to the ego, right? Like getting rid of it, dismantling it, only being your higher self, but we need a certain level of it, right? Because our ego is what discerns fear to keep us alive in the physical realm, right? Like without a certain level of, because our higher self doesn't experience fear, but our ego does, right? And so that level of fear is needed because otherwise we would just like, you know, play with fire and run across train tracks for fun and, you know, just do silly little things. And so there's a certain level of ego that we need in order to maintain this physical existence. But when ego is always in the driver's seat, like I want this and I'm a powerful creator so I can have this and when you do this, yes. right? It's like mm -hmm. our plans get in the way of God's plans. Um, another thing that, another quote that has stuck with me through my journey is, you know, when you're manifesting something, this or something better, this, you know, I would like this red car or something better. And it's mm -hmm. funny that you used a car as an example, because I actually had this happen. So I like very much wanted a Jeep Wrangler and I still do. It's like my dream car. <laughs> I live in upstate New York and we get a lot of snow. So four wheel drive is ideal. Yeah. So Jeep Wrangler is like my ideal car, dream car. It's on my vision board. We'll definitely mm -hmm. have one in this lifetime. And I had thought not last year, but the year before that I was going to buy when I was running my yoga studio full time, um, we were doing our, and our bills. I thought I was going to buy this Jeep Wrangler. Um, and then my brother ended up trading in his truck and giving me his SUV. Um, and it wasn't a Jeep Wrangler by any means. Right. But it was four wheel drive and it helped me through the winter. And I didn't have a car payment because it was gifted to me. And the beauty of that is a pandemic hits. I closed my business and I wouldn't have been able to make those car payments. Wow. So it was like, I wanted yeah. this or something better. And yeah. in this moment, I would love to be sporting my Jeep Wrangler right now, but not having a car payment in a time where I made a huge transition as far as my career is concerned, um, but still having a safe, reliable vehicle was so much better than what I could have imagined. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. So it was a car versus said, red car. Yeah. Imagine if you're like, no, God said that this is it. And then you would have missed out on your blessing and you might have gotten that Jeep Wrangler and had to give it back. Right. Or just been stressed about it or had to, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. had all this extra pressure, had to sacrifice something else financially, you know, like there's yeah. so many other outcomes that, you know, the physical thing would have been cool, but what is the consequence on the other side of choosing our ego's desires over what we, what is of our highest good? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so Danny, if anyone listening is working on manifesting something and they're having a hard time having faith, what advice would you give them? I think it comes back down to practice again, you know, um, having like this unshakable faith that like you're going to move into like the penthouse suite. Like when you, when you don't have faith that like your needs will be met where you are, it's going to be a little, like, that's a huge jump. I think being um, mindful that life is a journey. And so instead of making like the goal, like that penthouse suite, make the goal like I am safe. I am things that like mean the most to you right now. And like you said, like out of the abundance of that, out of the abundance of appreciating where you are and taking the time to practice having faith with everything, having manifesting everything, like looking at this world as this like magical little forest or this magical little garden and seeing that 
that you can manifest so many things right now. Like you can manifest happiness. You can manifest um, peace, right? And I mean, these are like very general things. Of course, if you're dealing with mental health struggles, it's not as easy as like, be happy. But like, I would do little things. Like I would just like manifest like a free coffee. Like, and I feel like people have done that before too. Like just, just have fun, have fun, play around and understand that like, if it doesn't happen, then that doesn't mean that it was bad. That doesn't mean that your desire was wrong. That means that, like you said, or better. And the more that we're okay with, okay, if that doesn't happen, that's okay. I think the more we attract things actually happening because we're not like, oh, that didn't happen. Now I'm mad. It's like, no, I know that I'm okay. So I think just continuing to understand that you're okay, having fun and putting yourself in a space of ease will all help you just to manifest um, a lot better. I don't think manifestation, I made a post. I think that's what kind of sparked this too. It's like faith and manifestation are not tools that we use to manipulate God. And so I've seen so much like I manifest this and that, like as if it was like, poof, like, (laughs) and I don't think that that's the point. I don't think God gave us or source or whoever, whatever you call your higher power, gave us this ability to co-create with him or her um, to be able to just be like, poof, poof, poof. I think it's more of a relationship. And the more that we can see that this is a relationship, um, the more that you'll experience ease and manifesting. I think that was perfectly sad. When I started realizing that everything is a relationship, right? there's a lot of talk about like money mindset and like money, like money manifestation and all this stuff. And I realized like we're in relationship with money. Like it's not Mm -hmm. something to be had or to be held. You know what I mean? It's something to be in relationship with the same thing with your spiritual practice. It's not something that you like accomplish or achieve or, you know what I mean? There's no like goals or whatever. It's just something that you're in relationship with. And being in a relationship is about ebb and flow, right? There's going to be really awesome moments where you're totally surrendered and you're totally faithful. And there's going to be moments where you're questioning your entire existence and just like in a ball of tears and being able to like completely go through both and hold space for both, I think is what it means to be in a relationship with these things. Mm -hmm. So I definitely believe that we are co-creators with, as you said, God, source, universe, higher power, whatever people um whatever people associate with and I I believe we're extensions of that like I believe that our soul is part of that and it's just incarnated in physical form and so innately we have that power Mm -hmm. but again when we're using that power to create from an ego space of look what I can do look what I can have look what I can be um that it's not what our soul is designed to do Our, our soul is designed to experience you know, ultimate love and ultimate peace and ultimate joy. But we have to do that, like you said, from that place of already knowing it's okay and already feeling whole and already being content within our lives. Because, you know, in all in all reality, if you're not grateful and accepting and, you know, surrendered in the space you are right now, then you can get that external thing. But as soon yep. as you get it, you're immediately going to be like, okay, what's next? What next? Yep, exactly, exactly. And that's what I like to call I'll be happy when syndrome. I'll be happy when I start the family, you know, start the marriage, buy the house, get the car, do the career, whatever. And I think being content within ourselves and happy within ourselves and happy where we're at now. And that doesn't mean that you give up on your your goals or your dreams, right? And throw them to the curb and say, oh, I don't ever need to grow or experience anything else. But it's like that balance between, 
enjoying this present moment and loving this present moment while also saying, but I'd also like to experience this within my life. I'd also like to do this. I love that. And I think sometimes we, as we, I mean, just as a people, sometimes we want to manifest away things that we're supposed to go through, you know? And it's like, no, like you should be going through this. Like, for example, and I don't know where my journey is going to lead, but like, I was like, I do not want to go back to the classroom next year. Teaching is incredibly difficult. I feel burnt out beyond belief. Um, And last year I was fully remote, which half the people that knew that was like, oh, you're lucky. And I'm like, actually, no, like, it's nice that I can wake up, you know, 20 minutes before work, but like, there's, there's pros and cons with both. Um, And I was just like, I'm not going back to the classroom this upcoming year. And that's not really what my journey is looking like right now. It's looking like I will be going back to the classroom next year, but I had to sit with myself and I'm like, well, if that is, because I know that my God, right. Source universe, um, loves me. I know that I am incredibly loved. And I know that if I am going through something that I am still loved, right? So why would a loving God allow me to go back into a space where I'm feeling burnt out? Um, It's not because I didn't try hard enough not to be there. So I'm like, maybe, just maybe the lesson for me is learn how to be okay when you didn't think you would be able to be okay. So the things that would stress me out before with work, does that have to stress you out, Danielle? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm going through this space so that I can learn that even if I'm in the least favorable, I mean, it's not the least favorable, but a a, a less favorable environment that I can still be okay. Maybe I need to learn some structure because I wait till Sunday nights to do my lesson plans. So now I'm stressed out. Maybe there are things that I need to learn going back into that space that I wanted to manifest myself out of. And so having that faith that even though this is not what I wanted or what I planned or what I thought was going to happen, having that faith that I'm going to come out of this situation better. I'm going to come out of it okay. And I think that's another tough pill to swallow. Like when things don't happen, you know, they're they're not happening for your highest good. Yeah, I think, and just my perception of what you're sharing right now is that, you know, what we desire to experience in our life requires a certain version of ourselves to hold space for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like the version of yourself that you, like you said this, you know, the version of yourself that you were when you were 13 could never imagine being where you are now. And that's because certain lessons and healings and people and situations had to take place to kind of give you the wisdom and resources and everything that you needed to be the version of yourself that you are now to hold space for what you currently have in your life. And so if you think about anything that we want to manifest, right, there's so many people out there that want to be parents, right, and want to have a relationship, right, so for single people, right, like maybe you really desperately want this relationship and you're trying really hard to manifest it, but if you're not the version of yourself that's already heal and hold and can go into a relationship that can be co-creative, but instead it's going to be like trauma bonds and pain and projection and reflection, you know, then you might need to go through a couple more things before you enter into that relationship with that ideal partner so that it can work. You know, there's no use in manifesting our desires if we can't hold them, right? Like, because if you're not the version of yourself that can hold on to it and sustain it, you're going to manifest it, immediately lose it, and then you're going to be heartbroken, right? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. same thing with business, right? There's so many people that want to manifest a business. 
you know, or manifest clients or whatever. But if you aren't the version of yourself, like you said, that's structured and organized and can plan and like hold space for it, then you might be able to manifest those dream clients right off the bat, but you're going to lose them because you don't have the foundation to sustain them. So yeah, I definitely think there's a whole process and I think it's all part of the manifestation process, right? It's like, you want this. Okay. Let's get you to the place where you can have this. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. and I think I that's where faith it. is, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I don't think that's talked about enough in manifestation. I think there's a lot of, if you want it bad enough, if you work on your mindset enough, if you do this enough then you'll have it, but you know, we live in a 3d reality, right? Um, and so there are 3d skills that need to come into play so that we can hold 3d physical things, whether that's yeah. the ability to communicate with that partner or the ability to have structure in your business or the ability to raise a child from a healed and whole space or whatever it is. But like all of our manifestations are possible, but I think that we have to go through certain lessons and experiences to gain the wisdom and resources needed to hold that manifestation once it arrives. Yeah. And not compare ourselves to other people who have that thing that we want, right? You might look at another business coach and be like, wow, she made a million dollars. Like, and I'm not saying that person is or isn't, but it's like, but is she happy? You know, like you can't, when we start to look around and see like, because it can be very easy to feel like you're the only one that's not getting this. or the only one that's like not in a relationship or not having a baby or not having this business. And it's like, yeah, well, there are people that have that, but you don't know their life and their story either. And that's why I brought it back to love because I feel like, because I am so loved, because I have a relationship with the, the creator of this entire thing that we're doing right now, that I am going to go through something that I might not have wanted or seen for myself because when I do get to that space, like you said, I'll be able to hold it. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, and you know, like like you just said, you, someone might've brought in a million dollars as a coach or whatever it is, but is she sustaining that? Right. Or is it being spent, you know, is it being used in a way that serves her highest good or is it all being allocated to virtual assistants and software programs and things like this, like, you know, you know, what you bring in and what you, what you have are two different, two different things entirely. And so, um, so yeah, and it's so easy from an outsider's perspective to look at all of it and say, yeah, I wish I had that, or why can't I have that? Um, and you don't know, this is another funny thing too. I was talking to someone recently who, you know, just started seeing this guy that she's just totally over the moon with. And she's like, you know, we've crossed paths so many times before, but we never met. Like if what was meant to be, shouldn't we have met before? And I was like, no, you know, he's got kids. Right. And so it's like, those children probably needed to come into this world. Right. So that relationship needed to happen first. Right. Or you had like, you moved across the country, you moved to California and then moved back. You needed that life experience first. Like what if you had met before those two things have happened that changes the entire course of both of your lives of those children's lives of so many lives so it's like you know everything happens in really divine timing even though we want it now there's so there's such a good reason why it's not happening today in this physical moment The, the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing yeah I love that I love that all right, Danny. This has been a really awesome conversation. I think you've shared so many really wonderful it. things. So this is the Live Life Extraordinary podcast. And one of the questions I like to ask all of the guests is what does it mean to you to live an extraordinary life? What does it mean to live an extraordinary life? I think that 
there's so much beauty in, for me, nature. Um, and for someone else, it might not be nature, but connecting with that thing that just really sets your soul on fire, that lights you up. For me, like I said, like I look at like a fly, right? And I granted, I don't want a fly to like fly around me, right? But like the fly is so small and the wings are so teeny. And like, there's so many teeny little details and this little fly that we're like, get away from me, right? And and I think about like how creative the, the creator had to be to create this teeny little thing, this huge elephant, this like flower that like just is like, right? That lights me up. And it's not the grandest thing, right? It's a fly, a flower and like an elephant, right? Um, but I think living an extraordinary life is just allowing yourself to be consumed with things that set you on fire. And so that might be computer programming. That might be, I don't know, whatever it is. Like it could be crossword puzzles, but taking the time to do the things that mean the most to you, that fill you up, that light you up, that you could just spend time doing and understanding that your purpose in life is just to be, you know, we strive so much to like do this and do that and achieve these things and make all these things happen. And it's like a flower just is, right? Like a flower just is, it doesn't have to do anything to be beautiful, right? It just has to be in the right place. So taking the time to align yourself, to be in the right place, to just be, I think is so incredible and extraordinary. I love that. Yeah. My definition, you know, you know, cause we see a lot of like people traveling or making a lot of money or buying really expensive things or whatever. And we think that that's what it means to live like a totally extraordinary, not ordinary right. life. But to me, the, the extraordinary part is discovering, like you said, what lights your soul on fire and doing that thing. Because if you're chasing someone else's fire, that's not very extraordinary. That's what everyone's doing. We're all chasing this quote unquote American dream, but what yeah. is your dream? And mm-hmm. how does that light you up? I think that's truly extraordinary. So I love Danny, it. why don't you tell us where people can follow you and learn more about you and just be part of your journey? Um, so you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is grounding my crown. So grounding my crown. Um, and uh, I have links in my bio um, with I have like merch and little things like that, um, that you can get connected with. I am going to be dropping something really soon, which I'm excited about. Um, I haven't shared it like on my social media, anything yet, but I'll share with you. I'm going to be doing a journal. Um, I wanted to like create a new like t-shirt design. And when I was done, I was like, no, this is a journal, like for sure. And the first, I think 20 people, maybe 20, 30, I don't know, whatever number feels good. will receive like a free gold pen because I love stationery. Um, so I'm really just having fun with that. So that'll launch soon. I don't know when, um, but yeah, you can find me there. I do, um, take one-on-one clients right now. I'm like reducing my client load because I'm on summer break, but if anyone is interested, um, the links are all in my bio. Awesome. Danny, thank you so much for being here. I super appreciate your presence. I think you shared some really wonderful perspectives that aren't necessarily being shared in, you know, the communities of spirituality and personal growth and everything that need to be more talked about, right? Less of this forceful, I need to be, I need to have, and more of this, who are you really? Mm. So having me, it's so much fun talking to you. Super grateful. All right. Thank you all for joining us in this episode of the Live Life Extraordinary podcast. We cannot wait to connect with you again soon.
Thanks so much for pressing play today. I hope this episode has brought you new insights, inspirations, and clarity. If you found any of this information helpful, please share this episode with a friend or on social media. I love to hear about all of your aha moments. So if you had a major breakthrough that you would like to share, send me a message at miss.bianca.m.johnson at gmail.com. That's miss.bianca.m.johnson at gmail.com. And of course, if you are looking to take your journey even further, join me at www.biancamjohnson.com where you will find my free resource gallery and all of my current services and offerings. I'm so deeply grateful that you joined me today and I can't wait to connect with you again soon.